Hey, magic makers. Are you someone who always wants to work out, but you always find that you're not able to squeeze them into your week? Do you feel like workout should be a certain amount of time in order for it to count? Or maybe always wondering, did I do enough? Well, if that sounds like you, keep listening. I am coming up with a new challenge called the seven days to recharge your metabolism. And it's perfect for the woman who's always looking for permission to get off the go big or go home train. You want to find a way to work out in an efficient and effective way and finally break free from being a desperate dieter to a woman who finds freedom in your body. Now, If that sounds like you, if you're ready to no longer feel like working out is a job and you want to get it done in 20 minutes or less, have more energy so you're no longer collapsing on the couch after a workout, you don't want to keep beating your body into submission because you just can't anymore, well, let's just say this. That's what we're going to learn over the seven days to recharge your metabolism. It is all about finding a way to build consistency in your workout, as well as create accountability and structure so that you won't always want to skip your workouts. So if you're done scrolling through the internet for random workouts that never give you the results you look, or you're always looking for shortcuts, this challenge is for you. So grab the link in my show notes, and it'll give you more information on this challenge. We start on March 20th. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Ah, magic makers, I have a great episode in line for you today. Today, I talked with Dr. Heather Bartos, and she is absolutely fabulous. Like, she's someone that if I met her in real life, we would be fast friends. She is a practicing OBGYN, and she is all about making the unspeakable speakable approachable for women and when i say that i'm talking about you know talking about sexuality i am talking about the things that you know for us ladies that we don't talk about we don't really ever talk about things south of the border and today you know the conversation is supposed to really really focus on her theory that self care is utter bullshit but we've really touched on a lot of different areas that i think feed into self care and One of my big takeaways from our conversation today was that she said that self-care is a learned skill. And for a lot of us women, we have forgot what brings us joy. And in the conversation she talks about, it was her birthday uh, prior to our call. And, you know, she just wanted to go for a walk. That was what she wanted for her birthday. And, you know, no cake, no, you know, big celebration, no brunch, just she was like, it's going to be a really nice day. I live in a cold place and I want to go out for a walk by myself. And so how many of us can really tune in with, you know, what really brings us joy? And, you know, 
are we even open to saying what brings us joy? Are we just so caught up in the grind of life? You know, we also just talked about like really like tuning in for listening to what your mind and your body needs, because not only is it about joy, but it's also about health. And, you know, as a doctor, she's like, you know, I really want my patients to be able to come in and be so in tune with their body that I'm able to really be spot on with her diagnosis, be able to really help women understand, you know, especially as we age, right? You know, we kind of go through this second puberty as what I've heard menopause cause. The more we're able to tune in with our body, the more we're able to understand what's happening and be able to explain to, you know, healthcare professionals so that we can understand, I'm using air quotes, is it normal? So I could go on and on. This conversation was absolutely fabulous. But, you know, as always, like have a listen. And I would love for you to screenshot and like let me know what it is that you've taken out from this conversation. And be sure to shout out my good friend, Dr. Heather Bartos. All right, enjoy the episode. This week's iTunes review is brought to you by M.L. Martell. She writes, five stars, Kim is more than just knowledgeable in just health and fitness. She is supportive, reassuring, and on the level. She gives it to you straight, just the way most people need it. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate that review. And you too can review Fit Girl Magic Podcast. Just go to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to this show and just leave me a five-star review. Um, I love them. I take them to heart. I just want to make sure that I'm bringing you the best stuff. So thank you so much for all of you who have left me a review so far. I can't wait to highlight you. Okay, ladies, today I have Dr. Heather Bartos on and oh, she is absolutely fabulous. One of the reasons why I wanted to have her on my show is that in her bio, she says she has a knack for making taboo or uncomfortable material approachable. And I was like, yes, I absolutely love that because as women, there's a lot of things that we aren't supposed to talk about. She's an OBGYN by trade. But, you know, especially in the OBGYN world, like we don't talk about anything south of the navel. Anything south of the navel is not to be discussed. You go once a year, you get uncomfortable, you wear your good underwear, but you make sure you hide it underneath your your good pants. And then you go for what you know. Oh, you also want to make sure you get a bikini wax because just in case they judge. And from every OBGYN that I know, they're like, girl, we don't judge. We're just looking for the innards. And then we're getting out. <laughs> <laughs> no judging allowed. None. No judging allowed. So as you can tell, Heather is just one of those people. And so I'm one of those people. So who knows where this conversation is going to lead us. But I really wanted to talk about, as she approached me for the show, she has a topic called self-care is bullshit. And I know for me and everyone else, like we hear all this stuff about like, oh my God, you have to make sure you make time for self-care, 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 self-care. And so Heather, what made you say self-care is bullshit? Well, it's a great question because I think as women, you know, this goes to our taboo topics as women, we've been fed a line of shit, which is, this is how, as a woman, you take care of yourself. You know, you got kids, a job, you're busy, traffic, pandemics. And so you're, you're like, well, how do I take care of myself in the midst of all this? And no one sits down and has the hard conversation about what that is. Instead we say, oh, drink some wine, take a Mm. bubble bath, 
you know, um, get on Pinterest, get on Facebook. And these are not really serving us to the best of our abilities. You know, I, I liken self-care for women to plants, right? And yeah. you and I are two different plants, but plants come with care instructions. They come with something that says, this is how you care for this plant. I sometimes still kill them. I killed two cactuses the other day. I'm very sad about it. But I, <laughs> I was treating it like my ponytail fern in the bedroom. I did not heed my own mm. advice, which is they all are treated differently. And so I always talk about what are our care instructions, not self-care, but care instructions. Yours may be sunshine eight hours a day and water frequently and, you know, uh, eastward facing windows. And mine may be, you know, hot, hot, hot. It's not hot though, by the way, hot, dry. I mean, we right. have to start looking at what the true caring of ourselves is. And it's not what we read about what everyone else is doing. Hence it's bullshit. Yeah, no, you're, you know, and it's, it's, you now put the nail on the head because it's like, that is like what most people think of self-care. It's like, oh, I'm going to get a manicure or I'm going to have like wine with friends. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you enjoy. But self-care, and I talk about my friend, Monica, she locks herself in her pantry for 10 minutes and she puts a timer out and she tells her kids, unless someone is like coming in with a gun, you don't come in this room. You know, that's self-care. Like she just yes. needs a mommy timeout. Yes. Yes. I think we've, we've, the nomenclature is what kind of is, is jacked yeah. up, right? It's, it's, I, I mean, I totally love manicures. I totally love bibble baths. I love, you know, the glass of wine, but I think that's what we've taught women. That's taking care of yourself. Those are right. fun escapes. Those right. are little escapes, but that's not, you know, Monica knows she needs a quiet time out in the pantry. She knows what she needs at that moment for that time. You know, whether it's putting the phone down for three hours, whether it's going outside and putting your feet in the damn grass and rising your face to the sun, whatever it is. Um, you know, yesterday was my birthday. Oh, and, happy birthday. Well, thank you. I won't divulge the age, but anyway, actually, you know what? I would, no big You're deal. 29. I'm 29 plus a, a little bit more, but I, you know, my mom wanted to have brunch. I love my mom, but I just, I knew that wasn't what I needed to do yesterday. I wanted to be out in the sun because today is supposed to snow here. I wanted yeah. to get out in the sun. I wanted to get out in nature. I'm not a nature girl. I mean, if right. you see me, I don't look like a nature girl, but I knew I needed to get out in the sunshine, I wanted to eat outside. Like I needed fresh air and sunshine. I don't get that on a daily basis. Right. And so I actually made the tough call, mom, I can't meet with you today. Okay. I'm not doing that. I want to do, this is what I want to do today. This is what my right. body needs. This is what my mind needs. And at the end of the day, she was fine. I felt great. It was just a great day. And you know, it's hard to say no. Yes. When everyone wants to go to like, you know, paint this and all like drink a bunch of wine, get shit face, because we all kind of can do that. And then we paint some picture that doesn't look like anything like the picture, you know, right. Like group things. And and I hate those th- I hate doing that. <laughs> it's awful. I know. Because it's self-care and that's what we're taught to do. But you can have playtime by yourself. Yeah. No, and I, I love that because I there's there's so much to unpack there. So one. No, no is self-care. No is self-care. And as women, we get caught into, and we touched on this before we started talking of like, you know, our husbands say we're loud. 
you know, we, we, we're told we're loud. Yeah, I'm loud. Oh my God, that's who I am. I can't help myself. But it's like, but we're also told that like, you know, as a woman, we have to go along. We have to go with the flow. We can't be, you know, the, the one who says no. And, you know, I think so many of us get, you know, we don't do self-care because we get caught into like, well, I have to go here. Like my mom called, she said this, or my husband or my kids or my whatever. Yeah. I think we get stuck in the shoulds. Yep. I should, I should do this. A good mom should do this. A good wife should do this. A good you know, business owner should do this. And, and all of a sudden at the end of it, we haven't taken care of ourselves for squat. Right. Or like you're driving there and you're like, what the fuck? Why am I? Like, if you're like, you knew in your head, you didn't want to. And then as you're driving there, you didn't want to. And then you go and you like put on this, like, oh, wow. I'm so excited that you invited me. Meanwhile, you're just like, so if I left in an hour, is that enough time? Yes. Can I fake diarrhea? Is it, <laughs> right. you know, my, can I all of a sudden have food poisoning? Um, all of a sudden I have COVID. I'll, oh, right. I'm COVID. I have to run. <laughs> I mean, how many cases of COVID could you fake before people realize? I think you could get by with it for a while in different groups. Yeah. Yes. I mean, because, you know, the CDC did shorten it because I could be like, yeah, I have COVID. I'm out for like six months. I know. Yeah, I was I had COVID and I was like this. I'm going to actually lay in bed for once and take care of myself. And then they shorten it to five damn days for healthcare workers. And I was like, shit. You're like, I was I, trying to milk the, the 14 days. I, I, what about the 14 days? I, that sounded real nice to me, but you know, that yeah, is what it is. I got five days. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also said, you also said you have to listen to what your body needed. And you all, you know, in, in your practice, you talked to, to about women to like listening to our bodies. And so many of us are so outside of our body. Like we don't even know like what good feels like anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we, Again, whether it's social media, whether it's what we've heard, it's we think we know what our bodies are saying us. But sometimes if you just go, go sit and listen to her, she's saying something totally different. Like, for instance, everyone wanted to do keto for a while, right? Everyone was doing keto. And now every woman I meet, she's like, I've gained 20 pounds. I'm like, sister, get in line. We've all gained 20 pounds. Right. That's called age. It's called pandemic. It's called everything. I thought carbs were my friends. Those bitches lied to me. They were not my friends. So here we all are 20 pounds later. And she's like, well, everyone does keto. I need to do keto. I'm like, right. no, not for everybody. She got kidney stones from keto. Right. And, you know, that's listening to your body. You know, you got to really listen to her. You can't fake listen to her. You have to really like dig in and be like, what does she need? What is she saying to me? And they'll tell you, your body will tell you the answers. Well, and I think many of us are like, I hear it, but you're saying, you're not saying what I want you to say. Yes. Yes. It's so if like, I you know, what we do with our kids and our husbands and our mother, you know, we're like, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know what you're going to say, but maybe you don't. Right. Or maybe if I keep punching you in the face, you'll eventually say what I want you to say. Exactly. And then, you know, then you're up 20 pounds and you're like, how'd this happen? And I'm like, because you beat yourself into submission and your body was like, girlfriend, no. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to take ownership of those moments, right? Like, you know, I mean, I fully admit uh, I gained 20 pounds during the pandemic. I actually still feel great about myself because I was like, fuck it. Everyone else is gaining pounds. And why are we all worried? We're all worried about dying. And, right. and so, you know, but I have to take ownership of the fact that, you know, I didn't listen. I just kind of kept shoving the carbs in or, you know, stress eating. And so here we are. 
but I'm not going to blame it on the pandemic. I mean, I'm going to blame it on what I put in my mouth and it's not right. blame, it's more responsibility, right? Like, yes, it's, it's I'm responsible for my pet. I'm not going to blame my pet. I'm responsible for, I take care of my pet. And so our bodies are like that. I'm responsible for what I did to her. And now I'm responsible for getting her out of the mess that I put her in. Right. You know, and I, and I love that. It's a, I saw like a quote, like a long time ago about me responsible and as a woman, we'll take responsibility, like we're like a responsibility magnet for everybody else. You're responsible to make sure your kids get to school on time and they bring all their shit with them. And everyone else, you're responsible to make sure, you know, everything gets where it needs to be. But when it comes to you, that responsibility as far as like weight or not getting enough sleep or stress, it's over here. Like it's this like foreign entity that, that you have no control over like someone came over to you and said here Heather eat all this here Heather don't work out here Heather and you're just like you had choice in that we have complete choice right all time as women we have choices and you know while we still have to take care of kids and work and all that stuff I mean those are things we've agreed to do our bodies are usually the last thing that we take Mm. care of yes because she keeps running right? She'll just keep doing it until you finally wear her ass out. And all of a sudden, then you look back and you got dark circles and you gain some weight and you got wrinkles and you're not pooping or, you know, the whole thing. She'll start to tell you after a while that she's not happy with you. And it's time to say, oh, you were my responsibility too. And I didn't, I didn't give you the time and attention you needed. Yeah. You know, I like, I, I, uh, when I, in my overtraining world, my coach said to me, she's like, Kim, you know, do you ever watch um, NASCAR? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, but you know what it is. I was like, yes. And she goes, do you think like, you know, they go 500 miles without gas? And I'm like, never really thought about it, but yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know of a car that goes 500 miles without gas. And she goes, well, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to go 500 miles without gas. And she's like, even if they're winning the race, their car says, Hey, I'm on E. You got to pull your car in and refuel. That's right. And so many of us, you know, I know I drive past the, the yellow light when my car comes on. <laughs> I've taken it down to like two miles. However, do I do that all the time? No, I still take it down to about 30, but taking it down to like two miles was a little aggressive. And that's what we do all the time. Like we see the yellow light. Or maybe we ignore the yellow light, thinking that it'll go away if I just turn the radio up a little bit. And then, you know, we wonder why, you know, we do get, you know, we do get sick. We do always feel like, because we just aren't listening. Yeah. Yeah. And we have no, we will not do that for anyone else that we take care of. No Mm -hmm. one else. You would never let your kids ride up to E. You know, you'd be like, here's 10 bucks. Go put that in the car. It's halfway full. Here's some money. Honey, go go fill it up. And we do that when they're hungry. Are you hungry? Do you need to eat something? Right. Do you need to take a nap? And, and, but for us, we're, we're moving still. So we must be okay. Right. Or like, you know, we are very like to the point of like, you have to have a bedtime and this is your routine. And we're making sure, you know, there's tubby time and all the damn stuffed animals are out and the three stories or whatever, and the glass of water. Yet for us, we'll just like crash on the couch and then crawl ourselves to bed. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because we haven't said no enough. Yeah. Or, you know, I know a lot of, you know, the, and I'm sure you've heard this topic, um, revenge bedtime. And for those of you guys who don't know what revenge bedtime is, it's basically 
as a mom, you've done all the shit. And then now this is your small fragment of time where no one is going to be calling your name or needing anything, wanting anything. So you're basically staying up later because that's your time. And I know I have a lot of clients who fall into that category. And I was like, but are you a better mom being tired all the damn time? Because it's like, just like, I'm like, your kids got to get up too. (laughs) That means you got to get up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I guess it's as long as your body's working and it will at 40 and it will at 45. And Mm -hmm. as time goes on, you don't bounce back as quickly from that. And so you're kind of stuck in this loop. Right, mm. just kind of loop, and then you think, oh, well, I'll just drink some wine. That's some self care. That's some, that's some. I'll cut sex off my to do list. I'll cut, you know, exercise, whatever it is. We just like little energizer bunnies. We just kind of keep going. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, you you got the generic battery, so you'll peter out, <laughs> banging your little drum, yeah. and then and then you're done. You, you know, and I like what you just said. You're like. So I'm tired. So I'm going to remove, I'm going to start removing things that bring me joy so that I can keep up with the rest of my life. And so you're right. Like I, you know, I've had the topic of, I've had the topic of sex before. So we're going to go there that you're right. Like maybe that's in that small window of time that you and your partner have together. You're like, you know what, would I rather have sex with you or just be by myself? Yeah. And so then you wonder why you lose that, that part of your relationship, because it's like, you've made that choice. You've made the choice and, and it's an easy, it's an easy push off, right? It doesn't seemingly hurt anyone to say, uh, not tonight. We'll do it later. We'll connect later. And all of a sudden you look back and it's been eight months or a year or what, and time just kind of goes by. And so it's real. I always thought it's really dangerous to take sex off the to-do list. Like it's yeah. really, even, even if you don't have a partner, even if it's just sex with yourself, it's really important. That is that literally is a form of self-care, self-love. That's what I always kind of call it, because you're literally feeding your body with all the hormones that you need to keep going. Right, but in, also it's like you know you can't always live for as you as women we do live for other people. Well, that's a connection. Yep. That's a connection to your spouse because after those kids leave the house, it's just the two of you. And many people wake up and they're like, do I even like you after all these years? Right. Right. Like at 22, I thought you were hot, but right now I'm not feeling it. So, you know, it's kind of important as we, you know, move through life that like you move your partner with you through life because after the kids leave and they have their own lives like who are you yeah yeah I think it's important you know if you are both the plants on the windowsill check in on your partner's self-care too now you know if your partner's a man they're usually a little bit better about but even guys these days have become less you know we've kind of demasculinated the men is that a word I just made that up maybe it works Um, eliminated the men. Um, and so, you know, they're just kind of like hanging out going, okay, well, that's why online porn has become big because that's where people are getting their connections. I'm using quotes, but it's not serving anyone. And we see these moms on, on Facebook. I see them all the time and all they do is live for their kids. Yes. Cheerleader thing. They're at every this. And I'm like, when the fuck do you sit down? I mean, I have a, I have a good friend that does that. And I'm like, She's like, I'm going here tonight. It's nine o'clock. I'm going to go pick up my daughter at cheer. And I'm like, lady, that's brutal. Nine o'clock. 
And And I flash back to my childhood and I'm like, one, I wasn't running all over creation like these these kids are. Like I had one thing I did. Like I wasn't in fifty things. I had my mom was like, pick one thing. Yeah, I'm not running all over creation for you. I love you, but I'm not running all over creation. Right. <laughs> you know, and you had more responsibility at a younger age. We had to go out. You know, you played outside and you watched yeah. the cars, and you no one was like, well, watch the cars. Don't, don't, you know, we now over parent because we're so worried about everything. But then you also see Susie down the street who's, you know, taking her kids and you're like, well, God bless that I must be lazy because everyone's taking their kids to everything. And then all of a sudden you're become like the tiger mom who's dragging them everywhere and you never have a moment for yourself, but there's a good excuse because you're doing it for the love of your children. Right. I'm a good mom. I'm a it's good a mom, right? So that I, I'm a good mom because I take them 50 different places and I become pretty much the family Uber. Yeah. Uh, Your kids will love you even if you don't take them everywhere. <laughs> no, and I feel like it, it now, you know, they say that attention span is like, I think like seven seconds. And I think it's seven seconds because there's always stimulation, always, always stimulation. Where like when we were kids, there was no such thing as the internet. So if I wanted, in, I needed an interaction, I had to go outside or invent it, you know, like read a, read a damn book, like do something that took a little bit more attention to get the stimuli that we need now, where now kids are like, you know, Monday's hockey and Tuesday's this and Thursday's that. And you're like, oh, how do you keep it all together? Yeah. And I worry about these kids this kind of generation below us when they get to be moms how are they are they going to keep stuff or are they going to be like hey i really can i really can disconnect and go do something by myself they can't do anything by themselves right now so and my kids are guilty of this too you know i'm like get up there's they're always on music always i had a boom box that i used to really and then the tape got and the tape got stuck you had your pencil (laughs) you know and but you couldn't listen to the damn boom box all day you know first of all it weighed about 40 pounds and you know so you dragged along now they're always just listening to music and i'm like yeah music does not just live around you it's not like a movie soundtrack i i i I laugh that you say that because it's like you know they don't know the pain of like uh having to like wait to listen to the radio and to listen to your song come um, on and like, you know, wait for like hours and hours because you want to tape it. And then you're like, but yeah. I have to go to the bathroom. And then just as you're say screw it, I'm going to the bathroom, the song comes on and you have to sprint down the hallway to like press. Record. And every time you taped it, it would start off like, like, cause you would push right. it like as the song was coming. So you always miss like the first five seconds of the song. Or yeah. the DJ was over talking like, oh, this is the greatest <laughs> hit from blah, blah, blah. And you're like, shut the fuck up. I want to hear the song. <laughs> Yes, these young ones today, you know, and that actually I, um, I saw a great article recently about kids because I was I really thought that my oldest who's a girl, she's turning 12 soon and I really was like why is she so fucking irresponsible why can't she just get her shit together. <laughs> You're like, I've been waiting. Please. And I'm like, come on. Like, why can't you get your schoolwork? I mean, like, and the other kid is, he's very organized. And he says, and I'm like, what? There's a problem with her. She's, she's jacked up. It was was something I did while I was pregnant. Right. Of course it's my fault. And I read a great article talking about how these children are not irresponsible or they're not 
They don't, they're not non-responsible, they're pre-responsible. They just haven't learned the keys to responsibility. And I go, that totally shifted my idea. I mean, there's times that I'm pre-responsible. I just haven't learned the skill yet to do that. And I think that's where a lot of women are right now. When we talk right. about responsibility, it's not that we're not, we're being irresponsible. We're not trying to blame any woman for not being responsible for, but we're not taught to be responsible for what we do. Boy, I just looped that on back. See that camera? I, was like, I know. I, I, was, I, I love that. I, and, and I, when that, when that happened, I actually was able to kind of breathe and go, oh, so she's not fucked up. We're not all fucked up. We just haven't learned it yet. It's a skill we haven't taken in yet. So therefore it's something that we can learn. So now we can all start being responsible. And, and uh, there's a great book and it's an odd book for me to talk about because it's, it was written by two Navy SEALs, um, but it's called Extreme Ownership. And they do, yeah. um, they, the, the guy looks like he could probably kill both of us with like a single snap of his fingers. Um, the guy that wrote it. And uh, these are big, badass Navy SEALs, but they talk now about extreme ownership in, it's a business, it's a business concept. They consult with businesses, but I love the premise for everything, for, for, you know, cleaning for health, for all of it. Because when you take extreme ownership, it's not that you're responsible, I mean, you're responsible for it, but you also, the buck stops with you. Yes. So with your body, if you're like, Hey, you know, I gain, we'll go back to the weight gains. Cause it's easy. I will gain, we gain 20 pounds. You know what? That was me. That was me. I did that. Yeah. And by doing that, you're accepting your power. Ooh. You're accepting your, you're in control. Now you're not at the whim of the pandemic or the carbs or whatever it is you said, I am in control. And I loved that feeling for business, but I use it in health now because I'm like, this is you, baby. This is you take ownership of it. You own this. Yeah. And so it's a great book. I know if people are like, why the fuck is she talking about a book about maybe no. sales and business, but it's applicable over on the other side. And I think I, I wish that I could get this big burly looking dude with the low set ears. <laughs> I wish he would like, you know, do more stuff like cross over, you know, to like yeah. other things because I think it's really fascinating. It's extreme ownership. No, I, I absolutely love that. And so um, do you know a guy named Jesse um, Eitzler? Yes, yes. So Jesse Eitzler, I I, I want to like spend a day with him because I find him just, <laughs> he's just so like fascinating and kooky at the same time. So he invited this Navy SEAL to come and live with him for 30 days and didn't tell his wife. Like the guy literally rang the doorbell. Like, oh, no. Jesse, Jesse met him at, at a, um, an ultra marathon. They met, they like fast friends, invited him to come live with him to help him train for his next ultra marathon. Just showed up. Sarah Blakely's like, hey, you're living here now? Okay. And like she just rolled with the punches. And he like, they wrote a book together about how like, it, it was like, the, it, I think it's called like the seal way, whatever. But basically just like the discipline and the regimen, the regimen, regimen that they, as a seal, you go through to get through, you know, the, the training process. And that's what Jesse wanted to do. And so this guy, David Goggins, did it with him and I just think to myself like you know I have a very good friend who Navy SEAL for 25 years and just the like when you see him in his life the it's like it's very methodical and that's what you know if anything in the military that's what they teach you they teach you a method that's repeatable and 
many of us want that, like, what's that pill, Heather, you could give me that I just take, you know, take it for a week yeah. and then I'm set for life. You know, what's right. that, that cleanse that I can do and I'm set for life. And it's not set for life. It's what these people are talking about. It's like, I got to own my shit and I got to learn the skills that help me own my shit. Yeah. Cause if, if, you know, again, that that's all that self, that self-care is our plans instructions, right? It's like, I, I have so many women that are like, give me the pill. What, what's the pill for my sex drive? What's the pill for this? And I'm like, there is none, baby. Because if there was one, trust me, I would be retired living in Bali. Right. And, and not just writing know, prescriptions all damn day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that we've been sold this, like, and it, it's the same thing. You know, generations ago it was snake oil, right? That the snake right. oil is going to come through and this will cure everything. And people bought it and people are still trying to buy it because, it, we want the easy, we want the easy because we're all tired. We're all fucking so tired. But, but when you start talking about ownership and responsibility, it, it makes you, it makes you feel empowered. You're an empowered yeah. woman. Now you're like, you know what? I can decide my own fate here. This is what I want to do. And I now, I, I now take the blame for everything in my business. And this, I go, you know what? That falls on me because in the military stuff rolls uphill. Right. And the one that takes the responsibility is the highest level person that sent them out there. And so, you know, if my kid didn't do great on the test, you know, that's probably a little bit on me too. I'm not blaming myself. I'm not right. blaming her. It's again, responsibility and ownership. And it's, it's pretty fucking awesome when you can get into the, to the gestalt of it and start moving with it. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, I always tell my clients is that I think of life as like a crime scene. There's a dead body on the floor. I'm like, there's blood on the wall. There's a knife. There's a gun. What happened? And so it's like, we have to look at like our weight gain. What the fuck happened? You know, was it my overeating? Is it some type of hormonal problem? Is it this? Is it that? Is it that? Where it's like, we have to start to kind of like bring down what the fuck happened. And I can't just blame my hormones because my hormones didn't go haywire unless I did something to push the button. And if I don't stop pushing that damn button, regardless of if I see a person like you, they can only do what they can do until I stop doing, I take ownership of some of the shit I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. And I see that with patients, you know, if I say, you know, look, this is what's going on. I think you could tweak this a little bit better in this, you know, hormonally. And, and then they leave and I have women come back and they go, it didn't work. And I'm like, it's been a week. Right. It doesn't work in a week, love. I mean, it just doesn't. Or they they just run out of their medicine and they never come back. And then like, well, I'm back to square one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because you got to, at some point, I mean, at any age, but really once you're 40, you got to start saying, this is this is what I'm going to take care of. I choose right. me. And I had one come in the other day and she's like, I've been out of my medicine for, for three months now. I'm like, mm-hmm. So yes. did you lose my number? And I'm like, she's, you know, she's like, well, I'm like back to bleeding all the time. And I'm back to this. And I'm like, ah, yes, that's kind of how that works. So I'll refill this, but you've got to take responsibility. Right. And I feel like an asshole when I say this, my husband, I'm like, honey, come on, we got this. Like, just, just write it on a calendar. Just start making it a habit, you know, read atomic habits, whatever you need to do, make it part of your life. Right. Like when you look in the jar and you only see three pills left, does it not, is that a clue? <laughs> is that not a clue that I need to do something? 
you would think, but you'd be surprised Friday afternoon how many people are calling for the refill. And yeah. I usually tell my daughter, she takes medicine. I say, okay, when you have five pills left, we're going to call for our refill. That way you have a buffer. Right. So just in case, like, you know, it's a busy day and they can't get to you or it's a busy day yeah. at the pharmacy. There's an ice storm. There's a, you know, whatever. Right. They're yeah. out of it. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of rethinking on how this works. I mean, and I use my calendar for this. I'm kind of a calendar freak, but I don't, I can't do those beautiful planners that people do that look so, I mean, Aaron, no. something for my birthday. I go, I, I, that looks like that takes all of my time. I want it to look that pretty. I really do. I'm like, I right. love, the way I have looks. fantasies, but it's not going to happen. It's not, it, yeah, my handwriting's not that pretty. I'm not going to do the different gel pen colors. And so I just slap it on my, on my computer now. And and I go through that computer all, I'm like, okay, order more stuff here. You know, yes. and I slap these little notes on myself. So I remember to start doing stuff. And once it's there, then it becomes a habit, right? Like once you see it, like every Sunday night, I have water my plants and exfoliate my skin <laughs> as, a, right. as an appointment. And now it's automatic. I just know I do those two things. Yeah. And I, I, I am a big fan of the to-do list mine mine you know I'm a paper calendar person but I'm also a like appointments are in here like if this doesn't beep at me I would be walking around the day like today I literally am like okay what's on the sketch calendar for today okay set an alarm on my phone so that I'm not like oh I'm supposed to be doing something oh I was supposed to do it an hour ago <laughs> so I just yes. have to I have yeah. to do that to keep myself organized. And you, what you talked about was, you know, dis, uh, deciding your own fate. And I feel that a lot of women think their fate is outside of them. That there's, I don't know, space aliens come down. Mm-hmm. And they're the reason why I don't have time in my day. And I'm like, because you don't plan and I'm not saying that I, my, my, my day is planned moment by moment by moment. That's too much for me. But it's like, I sit down and I'm like, today, here's what I need to do. So I don't run out of time. Yeah. And I think, I think because of that damsel in distress kind of mm. Disney princess kind of mindset that we were raised with, we were taught that someone was going to come in and solve this for us, right? There, the, you know, the shining knight on the white horse or whatever <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, Messing that up, I think. But, you know, we were taught someone's going to come in and save you. And it's been a real disservice because like you said, who's going to fix it? And I think we're expecting someone will come in and fix it for us. Someone's going to come make this all better, you know, and and the answer is no, no one's coming, baby. No one's coming. But you have the power. There's a book, um, I think it's uh, Barbara Stanley. That's who, Barbara Stanley. And she wrote a book called Prince Charming Isn't Coming. And, you know, she, and she wrote it about how, like, you know, she was this like pampered housewife and then found out that her husband pretty much like, you know, pissed away their money. And she was like, oh, fuck, like, what do I do now? Um, But you're right. I, you know, if we go back to the, the woman who was like bleeding for like, you know, 30 days and that's like, you, that's in my mind, that's fucking annoying. Like that, like that's just yeah. one more thing yeah. on my to-do list that could be off my to-do list if I dealt with it. Bleeding, 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 bleeding. Off your to-do list. Right. Like that, like to me, I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I'm like, that happens for me five days a week. And I'm like, that's annoying. It's five days a month. So like, that's annoying. But I'm like, if it happens to me every single day, I would be so pissed off that I was like, I have to fucking deal with this. Yes. And 
I see that all the time with my clients where it's like, someone's like, oh yeah, I'm not really pooping. And I'm like, I guess, so are you constipated? I'm like, do you have pain? Like, yeah, sometimes. And I'm like, but you're like, you say, yeah, sometimes like, yeah, sometimes I have a headache. Like, like that's annoying. Yeah. And it doesn't annoy you enough to like sit down and be like, I'm going to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. If I'm constipated for one time, I'm usually over here going, what the hell did I do? Or what right. do I do? Exactly. And you're right with the bleeding too. And I wonder what, at what point, what's going through people's minds you know, like, oh, maybe it'll get better or, you know, it'll probably stop or, you know, and I'm, or is, are they thinking that I'm just going to feel that they're bleeding and I'm going to call them and say, oh, I, I, I read in the universe that you're bleeding. Right. Let me fix that, you know, because there are things I can do, but if you're trying to get pregnant also, I can't, there's not much I can do. So, you know, it's, yeah, I think that we've expected this kind of someone's going to come fix it for me. Right but there's no one coming, but the power is you, you can fix it. Or if they tell you once, you know, as a coach, someone will tell me like, Oh, I'm constipated. And I was like, okay. I'm like, you know, make sure we're, you know, getting enough water, we're getting enough fiber. Like, what does your diet look like? And they're like, Oh yeah, but I'm just taking Colace. So it's fine. And I was like, are you going to take, I'm like, you're 40 years old. You're going to take Colace for the next 40 years. Are you going to try to figure out like why you can't fucking poop? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we start with those things, right? You start with the basics, water, fiber, et cetera. And you try that. And if you're still having trouble, then you probably need to go into the doctor. Right. And then you got to check next tier, right? Next tier might be, is there a problem? Do you have a mask? Do you have, you know, right. and then you got to go to the next tier, you know? And so, and so it starts, it starts with you. I mean, we can, we can waste time on me saying, let's do water and that, but start for that for yourself, start figuring out root causes of like why, like you're saying, you're deconstructing your dead body scene. And then when you come in, you already have an arsenal of material that you've, you've taken right. data that you can give me to say, okay, I've tried these things and I've tried them, you know, religiously. I've tried them right. one time, but I've taken Colace for a month. I've taken water, I've taken mirror, whatever you've done. Now, okay, now we got some data we can work with. So now it's been 30 days. We should see some improvement. So let's try something else, you know, but if you try it one time, I took one call and my poop was still hard. Yeah. That's how that's going to work. Right. You know, and the same with the water, you can't just drink one glass of water and well, why, why is it still not working? Why is my skin not glowing? Yeah. I do that shit for a while, baby girl. You gotta right. do it for a while. Well, I've been taking, I'm just taking collagen. So it should glow overnight. <laughs> I know I've, I've actually, I've done these things and that's why we're, I think we're laughing no. because we've been there. I, I have done that. I took collagen for like three days and I was like, I don't see a difference. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, eh, it's kind of makes my coffee kind of gross. So maybe I'll skip it, you know, but you got, so we we've done it. I've done it. I've done, yeah. I've been, but you know, if I really want something, if I really want the glowy skin or the, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put in the time, right? Absolutely. And put I, in the time for it. And I love that as coming from a doctor, because I know my doctor, like, she's like, okay, what have you been doing? I, and I'm like, hang on. Stop. <laughs> and she's like, I love that about you, Kim, because you come in and you've already like, given me, you've already taken at least two or three steps that I would have told you. And then said, if it doesn't you know, work, call me and come back in. And I was like, no, I got time to come back in. I want to be able to be like, I've already preloaded some stuff, the yeah. basics. 
And I don't want you to tell me the basics. It's kind of like when I call my cable company and my, my internet's not working. And they're like, have you unplugged the rotor? I'm like, all right, all right, let me just back, back you up before you even tell me that. <laughs> this is what I've done. And I don't want to fucking hear about the router <laughs> other than you're going to send a pulse. That's the only thing I want to hear. Yes. Well, and that's an important message too, because, you know, if you call and you haven't done those things, we're just kind of wasting time, right? Because right. you wasted the, t- the hour you've been on the hold for the cable company. And then they're going to tell you to, and you go, oh, okay, let me try it. Now I'm going to have to call you back when that doesn't work. So by doing some of those steps ahead of time, whether it's health or whatever it is, you've actually moved forward in the line, right? You have more right. info than say the average person may. And so they're already like, okay, I'm dealing with an expert here. Let's, let's keep going. And, and I think a lot of women don't, we just say, okay, what, what do I need to do first? Well, the first three steps we should be able to do ourselves, you know, right. whatever, whatever it is. And I know what, you know, uh, Heather also has a podcast uh, called the me spot and I, and I love it. I was like kind of going through and binging a few of your episodes. And one of the episodes that you talked about was about being Dr. Google. And now I will say that, you know, certain things can be Dr. Google. Like you're not going to, you're not going to diagnose cancer on Google, but if I'm constipated, I, the, most places are going to tell you water and fiber. They're, they're going to start there. So yep. it's like, yep. you at least can get basic health information. And like she said, if it goes on for more than 30 days and you've been consistent with that, that's when you go to your doctor and you've already said, I've already unplugged the router. I put it back in. What's next? You know, here's, and ask, like I've always said, I'm like, this is what I've done. Here are things I've been researching. What's bullshit. And what's, you know, something we can explore. Well, I, you know, and that's why, that's why I, I joke about Dr. Google, because almost every, whatever it is, it will lead to cancer being on oh, the list. Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure. And so our women that will have a headache for a week. It's and it's a brain tumor. And she's like, it said it could be a brain tumor. I'm like, oh, honey. I mean, it, it, everything says that. Like you will go down the rabbit hole and it will get to cancer. Right. Or something horrible. And I mean, I, I, Dr. Google, my car sounds, I don't, I, mean, I Google stuff all right. day long, please. Google and I have a great relationship, but it's, it then it creates a fear, right? Mm-hmm. When you get that cancer, oh gosh, it could be a brain tumor. Well, it could, right. it could be a brain tumor, but it also could be about 55 things way before that, that are not going to kill you. Right. So, you know, just take the initial steps, take your sinus medicine, take your Advil as you need to up the water, get better sleep, all those things. So that when we get there, we're not now going, okay, it's allergies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I've had these severe allergies for X number of years and now we can, you know, be like, okay, maybe it's now time for a prescription medication that Sudafed can't cover for you. Anymore. Yeah. And I just, it's not fair to be scared all the time. Every time you go on there, look at something and you're like, okay, well, it said I could have cervical cancer. Yes. But there's only about 20,000 cases of cervical cancer every year. So then I have to give facts, you know, right. but this is not likely the diagnosis. You've had a normal pap smear in the past year, et cetera, et cetera. But why did we go through the fear of, oh my gosh, it's this. And it's very rarely that. Yeah. Exactly. Cause it's like, oh, you really just have a UTI. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's we all have to go to fight or flight. And then we're, then we're stressing ourselves out. Then the cortisol is up. Then we're getting rounder and then, you know, hormones are jacked up again. So it's, you know, that's why I'm a, not a fan of Googling medical symptoms, unless you have the understanding that this is probably something easy to correct. And then therefore we'll start with the top. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, but it, I laugh because uh, I had kidney stones. And as you know, you're sitting in the ER, like waiting for someone to see you. Um, my husband's Googling. And of course, like, you know, the doctor walks in and she looks like she's 10. And <laughs> my, and she's like, well, she's like, I really think it's kidney stones. But she's like, you either she's like, I, I can't see it on the ultrasound. So it's good news. It's probably small. Um, so she's like, you just have to, you know, it's, let it pass. She's like, I can give you some pain and medication, but that's really all I can do for you at this point. So, you know, at this point it's like 2 AM and you're just, you know, exhausted and just like bitchy. And so my husband's like, so I'm Googling here. And she just like rolls her eyes. <laughs> I know. I feel bad when I do. I'm like, on that episode, I'm always like, I'm probably going to get some hate mail over this, but it's true. Cause you're like, like, you know, we only have so long to make a diagnosis and we're going to go with first things first. And, and, and while I appreciate people like do the research, like you're going to bring in your little pad with all the things you've done. Sometimes, you know, when I hear, what about this? I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> you're, you're like that. Well, that happens in your eye. And we're talking about your vagina. So there's that. <laughs> like, I don't think you have hookworm or whatever, right. you know, whatever, you know, some tapeworm or whatever it could be. I don't think that's what it is. Right. Um, so keep eating sushi. <laughs> Oh, please don't take my sushi away. Please. No. Here, stop watching Grey's Anatomy. And oh, yes. Grey's Anatomy has destroyed my career. We None of us have sex in the hallways or anywhere. I've never had sex in the hospital, ever. And I like- they are not the hot male doctors. No, there's no, no McDreamy or McDreamy or any of those things. They do not exist. Shonda Rhimes. I mean, it's like Bridgerton, right? Like, I, I, you know, Bridgerton 2, I think is coming out soon. While I love Shonda Rhimes, I'm like, all I could think of when Daphne and the Duke were having a lot of sex is, oh, she's going to get a UTI. <laughs> and then you think to yourself, you're like, well, I've also watched uh, Downton Abbey. And the only person who was promiscuous um, was only did it twice before she got married. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. These shows are fantasies. Yes. I know. I, and I laughed because my doctor is physically in a hospital and I like walked through and I'm like, there is nobody hot here. There's no, like, no, no one I hot here. You. There is and, nobody hot. And before COVID, there was always four, 400 people in the elevator. So I was like, how are you alone in an elevator able to have sex without people complaining about the two elevators aren't working? It, uh, I, I don't understand it. I guess people have, you know, they talk about these call rooms, uh, but I don't think the real public has ever seen what a real call room looks like. It looks like an army bunker yeah. with like a crappy old, like either an old hospital bed that's from like 1960 that they just shoved in a room for you that the sheets probably haven't been washed in decades right. or like some twin bed. They got uh, like Ashley's home sale kind of thing that no one wanted. And, and that's it. Usually like, there's a sink and there's maybe a TV with like the big tube behind it, you know, right like, from 1975. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And I'm like, there's no way I'd have sex in that room. Mm-mm. The one I've seen, it looks pretty much like, um, like, like a camp, like a camp dorm. Yeah. Like yeah. there's like three bunk beds with just yeah. enough room for you to like jump out of yeah, and not yeah. like hit the other bunk bed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to climb into a bunk bed at four in the morning. Like, no. I, just, I don't want to do it anyway, but yeah. So I think, you know, I think Shonda, while she's brilliant has kind of, you know, ruined the medical, some of the realities, taking some poetic licenses. On yeah. Not everyone has like the, you know, blockbuster disease when they walk in the door. It's usually something pretty simple. It's, thank goodness. <laughs> 
you're like, it makes my job seem a little uneventful after watching Grey's Anatomy. I remember ER was the big one. Oh ER, yeah. They would deliver like a 20 week preemie that, that we can't still can't save. And they would just, they, the ER doctors would do all of this. And I'm like, there's people upstairs. You should be calling for some more support. Assistance. But, um, okay. next thing you know, George Clooney is topless and like, you know, uh, bonding with the baby. Oh, oh, yes, skin to skin time. And I'm assuming that the lawyers feel the same way about all the legal shows, you know, that oh, you know, God, yeah. they gavel, they're not banging. The, I, I got called to jury duty recently and it was not as no. sexy. Tom Cruise wasn't there in a naval uniform. And and I was just like, this isn't as exciting as it looks on TV. Yeah, no, and they weren't sharp dressed. Like every lawyer, I was like, dude, did you iron that before you showed up here today? Yeah. <laughs> And the jurors, I was like, what do you do? He's like, um, what? I, mean, I was like, no one's talking. No one's writing. No. no one's whatever. And I'm like, this is dull. I was disappointed. Yeah, no, I just, I, I just remember sitting in that room, like waiting for them to like call you to see if you would be on there. And I'm like drinking my, co- I mean, everyone's drinking their Dunkin' Donuts coffee, like looking around being like, are you going to make it? Because I hope you make it and not me. Right. So I got called in, and you know, I I I had something to talk to the judge because I I mean I deliver babies. I can't be stuck here. I mean, I'm I'm by myself. And so I was like, bailiff. I called him bailiff. Bailiff. um, I need to please speak to the judge um, to explain my situation. And and I was really formal, right? He's like, okay. So I walk in, and I'm like, I'm at the microphone, like, Your Honor. Uh, pleased to meet you. And I'm like, why am I being such a stupid asshole right, right now? I was stupid for me. He's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, babies come whenever. Okay, you're excused. I'm like, hmm. that was so not very Maybe. cinematic. I was hoping for something like, you know, bang the gavel, order the right. court, order the court. Yeah. No, no, you have to stay. Yeah. So but I was like, oh, okay. Well, thanks. Peace. Bye. Maybe, Maybe I'm an OBGYN. You could be. I mean, did it? Did they ask you for anything? They didn't ask me for anything. I mean, they just, I didn't have to prove anything. Yeah. Maybe I am. I had a whole slew of possible excuses, but uh, the OB-GYN thing worked. Yeah. Cause if, if I, I think about it, you know, my, my guy and she doesn't do it anymore, but she was, she, I, there were times I would be sitting in the waiting room and she's like, Hey, um, you're going to see my nurse practitioner. Cause I'm about to go deliver a baby. And I'm like, interesting. And then I thought it was interesting when she got pregnant. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> and, and she's like, what do you mean it's weird? And I was like, but you delivered them. I don't really think of you having them. Yeah. Well, it's really weird when you go into labor and then and no one wants to touch you. The nurses don't want to touch you because they're like, well, I, I, but I work with you. I'm like, could someone please get this baby out? <laughs> right. If I could do it myself, I would. But at this point, we're not out in the fields of China. So I have yeah. support here. Now, and I swear everyone came in and looked at my butt after I delivered. I'm like, do all of you need to look at my butt? Because I swear it was like uh, they were selling tickets out there or something. But <laughs> You've seen this before, of, right? I'm like, why are we all, I don't, we don't do this normally, do we? All come look at my massive hemorrhoid? I don't think so. Right. But, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. See, it was, it, was a te- it was a teachable moment. I, you know, I, I wish, I'm well, actually, I'm glad that Dreamy or McSteamy didn't walk in on that moment because they don't need to see my butthole. No, they don't. They don't at all. Yeah. I know. So I've absolutely 
enjoyed this conversation. We hit so many topics. We started at self-love. I'm sorry, self-care. We, we also talked about self-love. We talked about the whole, you know, we have to listen and we have to, the extreme ownership. I think that is absolutely fabulous. And I just circled it to, to make sure I add that to reading my book because I read the David Goggins book and I was like, you know, seals are just very like, no yeah. shit. Like, yeah, badasses. Badasses, badass. like very regimented. And I think that's what we're missing in our lives is like having this regiment of taking a time out for ourselves. Because mm-hmm. even seals do meditation. Yeah. And other things. They really have perfected kind of their their time. Right. And and you wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think that they would also work on the other side of themselves. You well, they think- if you think about it, they're always in high pressure situations. Like when you call on the seals, it's not because you, you, you need help, like unloading something, you know, they're not coming for flood relief, right? They're coming because like shit went wrong and they got to come in and save somebody or take up someone up. Yeah. And so they have to like, like, you know, flip on the switch, like be able to like work in like fast, but calm, which a lot of us would be like, Oh my God. the whole time yes and i and they on they constantly are training so they don't lose it yeah because you know even they if they don't do their their workouts or their whatever they're gonna they're gonna get go soft they're gonna look you know they're gonna get off their game so that to stay sharp they have a very consistent plan i think that's what I, I, you know, I personally work on trying to be consistent with what I, that's what we've kind of talked about. Like, you know, again, taking the when cole isn't going to do it, but consistently. And I, I remember a quote, I, I don't know, I may have saw it on Pinterest one day when I was on Pinterest thinking I was doing self-care and it was something about consistent, persistent, and mm. resilient. And I thought those are three amazing nouns that I think are, and I need to be consistent, persistent, and resilient. Because I think resilience is another thing that they do that that I think is amazing. It's bouncing back. Okay, we fucked up, but bounce back. Yes, yeah. Let I think it's up and let's keep going. Those three words are are fabulous. You're right. It's like if I'm not consistent, then you know it's really easy to be like, well, that I tried that, didn't work. Yeah. So that when I'm not consistent, I need to come back to find that resiliency of like, you know what? This was just one road I went down. There's 500 other roads I could possibly go down so that I can see that. I do have that bounce back quality. Like I can, yeah. you know, you know, as LL Cool J says, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I love him. I know. I know. Why was he on the Super Bowl too? Oh my oh. gosh. He's like fine wine. I'm like, I look at him and I was like, dude, you've been around since the eighties and you still look amazing. I, you know, I, I wake up with one pant leg up and I'm like, look, I'm pulling an LL Cool J and no one knows, knows what I'm talking about. But your I'm, family's like, yeah, mom, you're kind of not cool. I know but I love him. I love him. I love him too. He's amazing. So I always ask my guests one question, like what's one thing that makes you feel magical? Oh, you know, I have in the past two, uh, this answer is probably always changing for me, but Perfect. one thing in the past year um, is play time. Play. Playing makes me feel magical. And I don't think as adults, we think that that's okay anymore. Um, I like to just go and play whatever it is. It, nice. It's sometimes I'll hang out with my kids on video games and I'll go old school arcade style. I'll be like, watch this Ooh. and, or I'll do something outside and we'll just go bare feet in the grass and we'll play ball. It's it's, or bubbles, you know, it's those kind of moments where you feel you 
recapture the magic of your youth when you didn't care and you didn't have a lot of things that you were worried about. And so that's what makes me feel magical. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Cause you're right. We, you know, the whole outdoor play, like that's just not something I see kids do like, you know, those, Oh, you know, when I was a kid, there's always kids in the street. Like I can drive down my street 50 times and I'll see a kid out there playing in the street. Yeah. Yeah. You play kickball or whatever. And like you get car and everyone moves off right, and moves right back in. And yeah, you just don't see that anymore. So yeah. So we, we try to do play. It's yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And so where can people find you on the socials? I know you have a great podcast, so listen to it. It's really good. Um, I've been to a few episodes on my walk yesterday. Um, where can people find you on the socials? Um, on Instagram, it's at Dr. Heather Bartos. I'm on Facebook too. And I'm trying, I'm trying, girl, I'm trying to get into TikTok. I don't oh, know. I'm I trying. Know. I know I'm with you there. I really, I'm I really, and it's, it's the me spot at, on TikTok, and I keep, I keep threatening, and I'm like trying to do it. So if people are there, I maybe like show up actually because it just. <sighs> I know me a little bit, but I, I love watching it. I know I'm more of a voyeur than a doer there too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I totally feel you. There, we should do it there. We should just do something fun there. Yeah, um, that's it. And then the me spot podcast. It's my little plug, my podcast podcast blog I call it um on Apple and am I allowed to still say Spotify I don't know yeah no I I think I think Spotify stopped being canceled I think because they did own up that Joe Rogan is kind of an asshole yeah I mean I probably could have told them that I mean many people could have told them that and I you know I don't really understand his appeal either I've been I've been trying to figure that appeal out forever but bald I remember him from we watched Fear Factor recently I go oh he's bald now I was like when did that happen and then, but then I was like, but was he balding back then? I couldn't remember. I don't know. I mean, it was a tube. Yeah. A tube-y. A I, I couldn't remember, but I was like, yeah, I, I didn't remember him truly bald, but maybe he was like balding. So he just said, screw it. I'm just going to shave my head. I mean, you know, he's got to do him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, yeah, clearly he does. <laughs> Heather, thank you so much for this. This was absolutely fabulous. And ladies, make sure you follow her because she is fabulous. You're so sweet. I forgot we were even recording for half of this because we were just like blah 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 blah. I know that's what that's what that's what my podcast is all about. I'm like I want it to be a genuine conversation. Oh, I love your podcast. It's wonderful. All right, ladies, have a fabulous day, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Fake Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay! I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.